Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the weekly or fortnightly podcast where we celebrate Keyforge, its community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery. I am still somehow here today, over a year on, as your host, Ed Pocock, and sadly, we are not joined by Zach, my dark amber twin from across the ocean, as it is a strange and unwieldy time in the United States of America. I am, however, delighted to be joined by the editor of the forthcoming, or dear listener, when you hear this probably released book, Tales of the Crucible. Hello, Lottie. It's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here today with you. Yes, and it must feel amazing that after months of COVID getting in the way of releasing the book, it's finally on its way. Yeah, it's definitely amazing to be able to finally uh, be able to release this book, uh, especially because we started working on it this time last year, we were sort of uh, working on the stories and that. So it's really nice to finally be able to get it into readers' hands and then to be able to share it with everybody. Awesome. Keen listeners will know that before we dive into our focus topic, we do like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So Lottie, I suppose asking you the question of how you got into Keyforge is uh, <laughs> is a bit of a different question. Um, but how did you find yourself working on a anthology for Keyforge? And, and, and what, what in your background led you to that? So I started working for Aconite Books uh, in February last year uh, when we started up um, with uh, with Mark Gascoigne, who's our publisher, and also Nick Tyler, who does uh, a lot of our behind-the-scenes things. Um, I've known them both for, for several years. Um, we both uh, we all worked at Angry Robot Books um, together. Um, I was their intern and then later their editor. Um, and so we came across together and we started up Aconite Books, uh, which is part of Asmodee. Um, and you'll know mm. Asmodee is a huge games distributor and we tell um, amazing stories through loads of different IPs. And uh, one of the IPs that uh, we got a chance to work with was Keyforge. And mm-hmm. it was the first time I had really heard of the game. Uh, this was sort of back March, April last year. And we got a chance to go over to uh, Minneapolis to meet the Fantasy Flight Games team and talk to them. And they talked us all through the IPs uh, and they talked us all through Keyforge. And um, it just sounded absolutely amazing. Um, 
was something that I knew that I really wanted to explore. Mark and I both thought it, it would be amazing to do an anthology where we could really get some short stories and start exploring this world because there's so much uh, to The Crucible. Um, and it's the f- quite a new game, quite a new world. Uh, so this was a, a really great way to sort of start diving into it. Um, and we also got the opportunity, um, we've played several times in the office as well. I will admit I am not very good uh, at, uh, at the game. Uh, Mark is Mark is absolutely excellent. He's the sort of person who will just suddenly line up combos and uh, you're like, mm. oh, well, I've lost. Um, but, so he is very good at it. Um but I really enjoyed playing it, and um, we were also really lucky that we got to use the uh, the Genesis RPG source book when it was still in development as well. Um, yeah. So that was kind of how we came across. Uh, we sort of went into Keyforge and 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 sort of how we started thinking about putting the anthology together. And you dived you dived in deep. That RPG is an absolute treasure trove of knowledge about Keyforge, or should I say, Amber? Um, so wow, yeah, that must have been that must have been quite quite an experience. And so you mentioned you you played a few games of Keyforge in the office. Are you in your spare time a, a keen board or card gamer? Yes, uh, yeah. So we actually, when we were in the office, um, we we always used to play games on a Friday lunchtime, and we would test out absolutely everything that we could get our our hands on. Uh, mm. I really love playing board and card games, uh, and I'm also a huge RPG fan as well. Um, I play sort ah. of alternating bi-weekly games of uh, both Dungeons and Dragons and Starfinder, um, which awesome. I absolutely adore. So yeah, no awesome. board and card game person. Um, everything from like little games. Um, we play a lot of Flux because it's really fun and, and simple, and uh, we can also create absolute chaos, which we love doing. Um, and uh, I, one of my other favourites is Machi Coro, um, yeah. which I don't know if you've played, but I absolutely love that. It's just such a cute aesthetic and so much fun. The theme is incredible. The theme is incredible, and I guess they, those share something in common with Keyforge that they're yeah pretty much universally accessible games that you can pick up with just about anyone and and have a fun game with so i suppose new to the new to the ip at the time for Keyforge anyway what excited you most about the prospect of editing a book in this marvelous world that we have here in Keyforge um for me it was just the scope of the mm. world that excited me there's so much potential um for stories here which is something obviously as an editor that i really look for um and it's uh it's fun it's rich it's interesting it's a little bit bonkers and crazy um it's just such a fantastic world that they've created and I absolutely adored you know the whole kind of idea of the crucible the way it's kind of been built um I loved the idea of all the houses and all the different sort of uh creatures and species and just everything that's inhabiting the crucible um just such a rich interesting place um that it was just something that was absolutely drawn to um and I knew that we had to tell stories here that's so cool that's so cool yeah yeah and and completely it's just it's it's unlike anything anything else i'm aware of anyway yeah, um, which I, I suppose 
why we're centered around a podcast about discovering it because i don't think we can ever scratch to the surface of the the world uh, the world around it um but i suppose at that point then what what was your vision for for the anthology what did you really want the reader to take away from reading it uh we wanted to give the readers uh, a chance to kind of get a deeper look at the crucible um, to really kind of get a chance to see it brought to life. Uh, and we also wanted to give, you know, fans who, uh, you know, fans of Keyforge a chance to kind of really see the game world brought to life in a different way, but also mm. for people who haven't really um, heard of Keyforge or haven't maybe played it or don't know it as well, um, to really get a feel for what this amazing world is like. Um, what we tend to do at Aconite is we treat all of these worlds that we work with as a real place. Um, so we say yeah. it's interpreted in several different ways. So the, the card game interprets in one way and we interpret it in another. So we really treat it as a real place. And, and kind of for us, it's being able to, to flesh it out and, and make it feel real for our readers. So it's, and, and I want yes. them to be able to, to go to enjoy these stories and to really be able to be immersed in, in the crucible. The dimensions that go beyond the cardboard, absolutely. Uh, so you you mentioned a bit of, in the introduction about the the process for pulling this together, and um, you you said that you'd started sort of looking at this early last year, and you'd been over to America to do that. But that that sounds like quite a quick time frame from the decision to compile the Keyforge anthology to actually having a book in their hands. That must have been an awful lot of work in a year's time. But what did that process look like? Um, so it's it does sound like quite a long process uh, actually. Um, mm. So what we did is we decided that we were going to put this anthology together. So we kind of started having yeah. a think about what we wanted it to look like in terms of how long we want it to be, how many stories we kind of wanted to include, um, and we had a you know we were approaching authors at the time. We had authors approaching us about writing for us, and um, we said to some of our authors. Uh, would you like to, um, you know, we have this anthology and we're creating this anthology for this world. Um, and we sent them some information and said, would you like to pitch us a story? Because uh, we do sort of, um, we ask authors to pitch to us. So like a paragraph uh, to tell us what sort of story they want to write. So they have to tell us who the characters are, what the story is, how it ends. Um, mm. And then we kind of take it from there. And what's amazing is that you, we gave them an early version of the source book and we got pitches back in. And what's amazing is the variety of stories that we got from the authors, how they all go away and look at this world and come up with different ideas that suit their writing style, that suit the sort of um, stories they're interested in telling. Um, mm. What amazes me is they can all look at this and and go, oh, I'm going to, and they all find completely unique stories to tell. Um, so um, once we have all the pictures and, and sort of, we, for short stories, we work with like a short synopsis. Um, and then we also, we work with the, the Fantasy Flight Games uh, team um, to just make sure that the stories are, are right for the world of Keyforge, that we are doing it justice. Uh, so once they're approved, our authors went away and got writing. And they're all, all the stories are slightly different in length. Um, which again is really good for an anthology because you want lots of different different lengths of story. Um, yeah. And then once they then once they came in, then I I did all the editing on them. So they go through what's called a developmental edit first. It's the same as our novels. 
Um, so what I do is I look at things like plot and structure and character, mm. um, all of the big pieces that make up a story, um, emotional response to things, how characters yeah. react to things, how the reader will react to things. So I do all the, the big chunky edits and I work with the authors. So we, it's basically about making the story even better and making the author's voice um, shine and making the IP shine as well. And then, you know, once they're all once they're all finished and that, they go back to the, the Fantasy Flight Games team for, for final approval, just in case there's anything that needs tweaking. Um, and and then, you know, we compile them. And part of that is is I have to sit down and having read all of these stories and uh, decide what order we're going to put them in, because you have to yeah. think about the structure of, of an anthology. So how we order these. And I was really lucky because I when I'd read these stories through, I immediately knew for some of them, that is our opening yeah. story. That is a perfect yeah. story to close the <laughs> anthology. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, once it's all then, and then we sort of compile it and then it goes uh, off for some sort of more checks and edits and, and, and eventually it will go for, uh, to, to be typeset uh, into a finished book. Awesome. Awesome. I think that that gives a bit of a peek behind the curtain for uh, most of us who are completely ignorant with regards to how how publishing a book works and, and, and even more ignorant with regards to how publishing an anthology works. So this is uh, this is fascinating indeed. And certainly hearing those different voices of the different authors throughout the uh, anthologies just feels so Keyforge as a, a place made up of very, very different things and different aspects so hearing so many different takes on the same world i think was yeah it, it was just incredible and um yeah certainly um the, the the way of starting off and finishing the uh the book uh starting off with that brilliant um this is what keyforge looks like in practice it was it was really a this is what a game of keyforge looks like on the crucible um which i think was amazing for for all the players of the game and hopefully for everyone coming into this ip afresh gives everyone a real kind of flavor for what it looks like so yeah 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 tristan uh they did such an amazing job with that story um when i first read it and the way they wrote it um how they brought this whole vault battle to life and how they mm. introduced us to the crucible. Um, it was such a fantastic opening. And I, I, when I read that story, I just instantly knew that that was the story that, that had to open the anthology because just because of the way it's written and the way it really brings the crucible to life and draws us into this world. Absolutely. And just that balance of the, the different stories from the, yeah, the, the very, very intimate stories focusing on a, a very small handful of characters in a, in an enclosed location to, to the much more wide ranging stories across, uh, across a, a, a much wider area. And, and, and on that, most of the stories take place in and around Hub City, which is, of course, referenced in the RPG as well. Was this a creative decision to really focus a narrative around a, a, a certain place or was this just something the the authors kind of took and run with um 
for some of the authors, it's because we, we, you know, we gave them the Genesis source book and that's sort of where a lot mm. of the information about Keyforge is. So for them, it's a really great focus point because they can draw on the information that they've been given. Uh, but also we did decide that we wanted to focus on a smaller area of the Crucible um, because other, the Crucible is such a huge place. Uh, we know <laughs> even the source for yeah. the Genesis RPG book only covers sort of a small portion of the, of the planet. Um, so we we did want to focus in on a smaller area just um, to be able to us to allow us to really flesh it out and bring it to life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I certainly feel that, that the book did that amazingly well. And um, yeah, it's great for everyone that plays the game to have a, a feel for how all this functions in, in the in the real crucible world, if um, if there is one. So science fantasy has has kind of come to the fore in in recent years with games like Fortnite and indeed games like Keyforge. Um, And this is maybe part of what makes the new IP of Keyforge feel so fresh and feel so innovative. Um, But I'm intrigued what particular challenges and opportunities come with writing for the science fantasy genre or indeed editing an anthology for the science fantasy genre. I think for me, uh, science fantasy is just such a fun, broad genre because there's so much you can do with it, Um, especially in terms of Keyforge, where we end up with sort of technology that looks almost like magic and magic that's almost like technology. Mm. They're virtually indistinguishable. Um, And it just allows for so much fun opportunity and it allows us to draw on... um, you know, the origins of science fiction and also ideas from fantasy. Um, And I think that's something that's really fun in the anthology um, because we do have stories that have more perhaps of a fantasy feel. We have um, stories that have more maybe of like an urban fantasy feel. Uh, And we also have ones that definitely have that real science fiction edge to them, that sort of classic pulp science fiction feel. Um, Yeah, and I, I think that's something that's really interesting and fun is, you know, to be able to explore all those different aspects of science fantasy. Um, for me, especially as a as an editor, it's great because it allows us to, you know, draw on all these different aspects um, and allow the authors to tell really rich stories with lots of different details and aspects to them i would love to dive into this even deeper but uh, i think that's probably a conversation for 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 another day um um so the longtime fans will be delighted in reading this book that lots of their favorite cards are either referenced or alluded to or even appear as characters in some of the stories but how did you balance building on existing law and chartering a course for really creating some new stories? The really good thing about Keyforge is that it's so broad and interesting that we can really dive deep into some of these nuggets. And, and because the IP is very new, we did get to mm. have a little bit of a play and say, well, can we do this? Is this something that would work in this world? Um, yeah. And it allows us to sort of explore things and bring things to life in a in a new way um a lot of our authors have played the game um and are fans of it or all went away and specifically went and played it so that's why you'll often see some of the cards because they um they knew that they were in the game and they were like oh i really want to bring that to life i i've seen how this works and i really want to bring it 
um, and flesh it out into in in a story in a new way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. And and, and talking of fleshing out things in in maybe a new way, I think there were probably a number of instances in the books where Keyforge House archetypes are established. You know, Brobnar, big big bumbling Brobnar, and then really subverted by putting Brobnar in a library or characters like Burble and. Burble, I have to say, my favourite character in the book. What an incredible character. Um, but I will, I will not say anything more about this and I will leave our listeners to go out there and, and, and get the book and read it. Um, but was, was this a creative choice to really kind of go, huh, you thought this Keyforge house was just like this, but it's not just like this. It's also like this and this and this. It's... Um Subverting expectations is what makes a really great story. And actually, the two examples that you've actually given there, the Brobnar in the library and Burbel, are both written by M.K. Hutchins. Um, She wrote both of those stories. And that's something that she did absolutely beautifully, was to take these expectations about how we might view Brobnar um, and kind of subvert them. That's what makes a great story sometimes, is taking these things and going, well, what if? What if we did this? Uh, You know, what if... For example, um, a clan of Brobnar uh, are suddenly, um, you know, in uh, the person in charge of them is a soft speaking uh, librarian. What happens then? <laughs> what happens if in that, in that situation? Um, yeah. So that's what makes a really great story is when you take expectations sometimes and you turn them on your head. Uh, David Geimer sort of does that in the, the final story there. Um, he yes. takes one expectation. I'm not going to spoil it for readers because it's uh, such a great story. Mm. But he he takes one sort of thing there and goes, well, what if this happened? And, and that's what a lot of our stories do. And I think that's what makes them so interesting is because we take all these archetypes, I think, uh, from Keyforge, and then we just give them a little little twist. Well, what happens if we do this? Um, and I think that's what makes them into really exciting stories. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely so Keyforge as well to be like Bromnar in a library. Um, you know, just making things super different. I, I think with Keyforge, you know, even playing the game, you never know really what's going to happen. It's very zany. It's very wild. Um, the, the turns can be uh, sort of just just completely incomprehensible. And um, I, I think I think we we get some of this in, in the story here as well. Of yeah, you thought this was like this. Well, it's not. Um, yeah. It's brilliant. And, and, and so something we've seen with the game in sets four and five with mass mutation being all about the uh, dark amber has come onto the crucible and some of our favorite characters have changed in different and unexpected ways, <laughs> very similar to what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And set five is going to be sort of, I think, bringing in some of FFG's uh, Lovecraftian expertise in, in uh, I think, Danny Schaefer described it, the uh, the developer on on this podcast, as being a cross between Lovecraft and Mermaids with the un- the new house, the unfathomable. But we're getting much more narrative driven sets now, which as a player I love because yeah, this podcast we we talk a lot about the lore of the game, and um, this is this is brilliant news to us. Um, but I'm 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 very excited by the prospect of uh, of, of seeing more stories tying in with some of these sets and. Um, the, the seeing the way that the crucible changes over time might this be something that we we see in the future it might be um 
we are sort of still planning uh, what we would like to do with Keyforge in the future. We do have some plans. Um, and, you know, me, Leviathan's Neat Mermaids is something that appeals to me personally as on an aesthetic <laughs> level. I, I am very much here for that. Uh, so it definitely it's might be super something cool. that we look to do in the future. Um, we just have to kind of wait and see. Um, we, you know, as I said, we, we do have plans to do more Keyforge stories. So um, watch this space and we'll, we'll see what happens. Awesome. And I, for one, am very much looking forward to reading them. Although, first of all, I'm looking forward to rereading and this anthology because I think there's there's, there's so much depth in there um, that it's, uh, yeah, uh, just a, a, a brilliant experience for anyone that enjoys Keyforge. So, Lottie, I'm supposing that you're probably a keen reader and... Um, for 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 those of us to to go and look at some of the influences that have led to um led to this anthology book what are your favorite books are they in the same genre or yeah they could indeed be in a completely different genre entirely Uh, i'm a really really wide reader i love reading lots Mm. of things from lots of different genres um i'm a huge fan of uh, people like terry pratchett um so some of my favorite books are are his um I also absolutely love um, Garth Nix's um, Old Kingdom series, which is a YA series. Um, if you've not read that, I would very much recommend it. It starts with Sabriel, um, which has a really gorgeous kind of crossing a border into a magical kingdom. Um, and she is the Ab Horson, and, and she's kind of like a reverse necromancer in a sense that uh, she has to lay the dead to rest with sort of... Uh, uh, they've got equipment of uh, magical bells and uh, it's it's absolutely fabulous series um, and I really really love that and there's no character quite like Moggett there is not I absolutely love Moggett the sarcasm you have I mean the yes. sarcastic cat you know you're here, I'm here for it's, that. it's just incredible I, I, I'm, I'm just I didn't intend on nerding out about about this but I'm going to nerd out here because Sabriel is one of my favourite books and I absolutely love it. All listeners, please go and read Sabriel, in addition, of course, to reading Tales of the Crucible. Um, It's just, oh, it's such an amazing... I I don't know how Harry Potter's so famous and and this series isn't. Um, It's it's, it's (laughs) such a good series. Um, And I actually was really lucky. I met Garth Nix a couple of years ago uh, when when Golden Hand came out, which is one of the later ones. Um, And I got to see him at a bookstore in Nottingham and I got to ask him a question uh, and he signed my books and I took a really awkward author photo with him because I was really... and he's a genuinely lovely person. Um, I also love his series, which is a slightly more YA one. It's which is um, uh, the uh, Keys to the Kingdom series, which is uh, starts yeah. with this Monday, um, and it's all about sort of um, a boy who has to save the world um, and go into sort of a, a house uh, which has basically been left by the creator of the universe um, to the. Uh, to some guardians uh, all named after days of the week but they haven't really done a very good job um and he has to go up against each of them across these books uh, and he gets more powerful and the ending of this series is quite possibly my my favorite ending to a series uh, i've ever read uh, so i definitely go and, and recommend those uh, i've also been reading a lot more recent uh, sort of science fiction and fantasy i'd absolutely recommend gideon the ninth um which is bonkers mm. and beautiful. And I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on the, uh, the sequel, which is Harrow the Night. Um, so, I, yeah, I, and I, so I read a lot of different books outside of, um, outside of, of all the books that I, I read for Aconite uh, as well. 
Um, so yes, I like lot. I like lots of lots of lots of different things. Um, Awesome. Awesome. No, that's that's cool because loads of different. I mean, Keyforge is not just one thing, is it? It's so many different things. So, um, yeah, I I, I imagine that that makes it even easier to bring so many different um, styles and influences when you're you're looking at editing a an anthology for this for this game. But um, but um, I'm 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 fascinated. uh, I'm fascinated if uh, if the Old Kingdom is one of those influences because it is it is just an incredible incredible world um it's it's not often that you read a fantasy book in the mid 90s and there's a um a female lead character that's uh that's well written either yeah, <laughs> that was the question i asked off nick i said how was making sabriel uh, a woman a deliberate choice and he said he wrote the prologue of sabriel where she's born and it's her father and he said because he wasn't sure who he wanted to write the book about and then he wrote the, yeah. the that first chapter and he said by then she was already far more interesting than he was and she he needed to know more about her and that's sort of um where he came from so it was a bit of a deliberate choice as well because there weren't as many female uh strong female fantasy heroines for him uh, around fascinating fascinating and maybe that's one of the reasons why the book stands stands the test of time i actually reread it this year and and literally uh was 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 at, my, uh, at home last last weekend and and shoved the book into my partner's hands and said read this so um <laughs> <laughs> this gives this gives me more reason to get her to read it so um yeah. so i think this is um this is this is great but thank you so much lottie for coming on the podcast and sharing some of the experience excitement that we all have about tales of the crucible releasing very very soon um where can people find you on the social media if uh, if people want to hear about your your next upcoming projects um so i'm gonna give you the aconite ones first so you can find aconite uh on uh, our website which is uh you can also find us on um instagram facebook and twitter uh we have loads of great content. You can also find us on YouTube, actually. Um, you'll find some really fun things, including some of our authors playing a specially written uh, Keyforge RPG, which was uh, Angeli did for UK Games Expo. Uh, you can find them playing some of their characters uh, from the RPG, uh, uh, sorry, from their book um, in the RPG. Uh, so I would definitely go and check that out. Um, that's on our YouTube channel. Um so we're all over social media. If you wanted to find me personally, uh, I'm not very active on Twitter, but you can find me. I'm, um, I think I'm at Lottie LLW. Um, and if not, the rest of us, we're all just at Aconite Books, or you can find us on AconiteBooks.com. And if you want to hear more from us, you can find us on all of the usual places, the Twitter, the Instagram, and of course, the Facebook. Huge welcome as well to our newest Patreon, Shapstation. Andrew, thank you very much. And if you are willing and able, dear listener, then we would love for you to join our Patreon family, which can be found, you guessed it, on Patreon with lots of lovely, weird and wonderful perks now and in the future. And if you are enjoying Call of Discovery, then why not leave us a review on your regular podcast app? If you leave us a review, then we are going to make it our business to read out the weird, wonderful and most surprising reviews that we get in the true Discovery nature. But before you go, the most important thing, if you think a friend will enjoy this podcast, then please do help them to discover it.
Have you answered the call of discovery? 